God bless you for being here today. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. St. John 15 and 7. Okay, if you're there. Notice the word if. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. This promise has conditions. We're going to title this this morning, Meeting the Condition. Brother Shelton Young preached a message many years ago, living for God is like playing checkers. He moves, I mean you move and then he'll move. But he's not going to move until you do what? He's not going to move until you do what? Move, and this is what he's saying here as we go through this this morning. There's some tremendous promises as it belongs to the church and individuals when we meet the conditions. The conditions has to be met. God said, draw nigh to me and he will do what? He will not draw nigh to us until we do what? We have to draw nigh to him. And one of the conditions for him to draw nigh to us is first, first of all, is to draw nigh to him. He says, when you fulfill the conditions, then I will fulfill the promise. And the first condition in this lesson, this word today, one must abide in the word. The word is the most important thing that God has given us. Proverbs 4 said it's life. It's health to your body. There's nothing so much powerful as the word of God. He's given us the word. Some said, I wish I could have lived when Jesus was here. This is a greater day that we have today and even what Jesus is here. Because we have the word. The eternal word of God and the blessings of God. And the Bible said, delight thyself in the Lord and he'll do what? Delight in the word and what will he do? He'll give you the desires of your heart. The first step has got to be abiding in the word. He fulfills what he says. He said, ask what you desire, and what will he do? Ask what you desire, and I will what? I will give. But first, you must abide where? In the Word. The Word should be, or must be read daily for Christians. That ought to be one of the daily chores of a Christian, is to read the Word. You said, I don't have time. Buy you some cassette tapes and be sure you plug it in and hear the word of God. He feels it. said, if you abide word in me, you say, well, Jesus is not here. His word is here. We have to abide in the word. It has to be our first delight. Uh, we listened to some of the, the man speaking about the return. He named off a lot of religions in the world. He said, you all are going to stand before Jesus one day and be judged. He named off all the, not all, maybe all the religions, but he named off a lot, like a lot of religions, some of them I've never heard of. But you all are going to stand before Jesus and be what? 
be judged. And said, we all must turn to the book of Acts. We must go back to the roots where the church was birthed and born and came into existence. So the word is so important. If you abide in me, in other words, if you fully abide in me, first, before the promise is received, there has to be some conditions met. The promises of God are on conditions, that we meet the conditions. Elisha asked Elijah for a double portion. Elijah said, you asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you what you ask, provided. He lays down a condition. Provided you do what? You see me when I go away. For ten years, Elisha followed Elijah and poured water on his hands. In other words, he was a servant. He served him for ten years. Brother Clayton, that would sort of go back to you about the armor bearer. He did not for ten years let Elijah out of his sight. Elijah represents the prophets of all the prophets in the Bible. That's why he appeared in transfiguration with Jesus. He represents the prophets. But all those ten years, he made sure his eye was where? On Elisha. Because Elisha had to give him what he wanted. And the condition was that he see him when he went away. He couldn't afford to look off. You drive through most any school zone today, what's one of the signs it says? No cell phones. Cell phones is a wonderful thing, but it's a very dangerous thing when you're driving. We must keep our eye on God. You say, well, I don't see the Lord. You see the Lord in the Word. He reveals the Word to us. The Word is so vital and important to a Christian life, and it's vital and important to this world. Meeting the condition. So what, what did Elisha receive after 10 years? He, if you read the story real closely, he had many distractions. How many believe that we have many distractions today? There's many things that distracts us. There's many things that occupies our lives. There's many things that we do rather than read the Word of God. The Word of God, he said, if you abide in me and I'll abide in you and you ask what you will. I want you to pray for me. I tell you, I want to see the promises of God. There's one thing a lot more important than prayer, more joyful than prayer, is getting your prayer answered. When you get your prayer answered, that's when a lot of joy comes. Meet the condition. And God will give the promise. When Elisha met the condition, God gave the promise. Jesus said, when you meet the condition, abiding in me, then I'll abide in you. You ask what you want, and I will give it to you. He told Solomon in a night dream, in a night vision, said, ask what you want. I'm going to come to that in closing, and I will give it to you. He gave him such tremendous things, but Solomon failed to meet some of the conditions. 
we got to meet the conditions. Meeting condition will bring the promise to us in all of its fullness that God has for us. Receive all the fullness that God has for us. Meeting the condition. Ask what you will and I what. I don't know about you, but that's startling to me in the Word of God. When he said, if you will ask what you will, then I will what? Give it. But first, you've got to abide in me. You've got to stay in me. When things are gloomy and things are bad, always stay in the Word of God. Then the promise will come. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit makes over our weaknesses in prayer a mighty motivation for us to discover the secret and obtain the blessings of the fullness abiding in Christ. My God shall supply what? All of my needs according to my riches and glory. The Spirit will help us in every avenue, avenue of our lives to abide in the Word if we'll just ask Him to help us. It's so important to ask. One of, one of the, another startling thing to me in the Bible, and believes in Matthew 7, He said, Ask and what? Seek and what? Knock and what? All these things, He's given such tremendous promises unto us. We should all desire to want to receive them. Matthew 13 and 11, some people say, well, you, don't, you can't know the mind of God. That's not true. You don't, you, people say, you can't know the mysteries of God. That's not true. The Bible said, the Paul wrote, says you have the mind of Christ. When you become a Christian, you have the mind of Christ. But we have to let the mind of Christ rule us. Paul said, let the mind of Christ rule you. Once you get the mind of Christ, You've got to let him rule you. And then you can understand the mysteries of God. Listen to what Jesus said when he told them in, in Matthew 13, 11. It is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. The first thing that Jesus told the disciples to do to go out and preach was to preach, Brother Arnie, the kingdom of God is at hand. That's the message then, and it's still the message today for the church and for the world. The kingdom of God is at hand. And the kingdom of God at the coming of the Holy Ghost is in us. He dwells inside of us. He gives us to understand the mysteries of God and the revelations of God. You find this several times in Isaiah and Jeremiah. Command you my what? That if you'll command me, I will do. In other words, you meet the condition commanding me, I will do. And then he said, don't give me no rest. Don't give God no. We're going to come to that again in a minute. When you see the promises of God, don't give him no rest until he supplies what he said he was going to supply. He wants us to give him no rest. Then in the book of Jeremiah, he said, And I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know, which you cannot learn. The flesh can never learn anything about God. It's the only thing you can learn about God is through the Spirit of God. There's no other way. He gives revelation to us because He loves us. He loves us. 
Someone called me the other day that very depressed. Said, do you really think God loves me? And I said, no, I don't think so. I know so. And on thinking about it, God loves everybody. I don't care who they are, what they've done. He loves everybody. I mean, believe it, God loves you regardless of what the condition is going on in this world. God loves you. 1 John 5 and 20 said, And we know that the Son of God is come and have given us understanding. Where is the understanding? Is in the Word of God. Where are the mysteries of God? In the Word of God. You'll be surprised when you're reading the Word of God if you'll ask the Holy Ghost to help you. When you're reading the Word, what He will reveal for one word in the Bible. He can make your day over one word when you read in the morning. Just one word will jump out on you and make your day. We have to meet what? The condition. You have to meet the condition. Hebrews 11 said, and faith is the substance of things hoped for. Substance means the assurance and the confidence. When you pray, you got to have the assurance and confidence that God is going to answer your prayer. He may not answer it immediately, but he will answer prayers. The Bible is full of answered prayers. Don't go weary in well-doing. You will reap when you faint not. If you don't faint, don't grow weary. Don't become a doubtful mind. The Master's Precious, a wonderful song we sung this morning, Abide in Me, is one of the very growing things that God has given us. Step by step, it opens the fullness of divine life to us. Faith and the things of God are not instantaneously. Sometimes, yes, but most of the time, they're not. Faith is like putting a small mustard seed in the ground. The smallest of all seeds. It's buried in the ground probably about one inch or so. And what it thinks while it's in the ground, I'm not supposed to be down here. I'm coming out of here. The first thing appears is what? The blade. That's what faith. It's teaching us faith. Faith starts real small, but once it's sown in the heart and looked after and took care of, and the way you water the seed that's sowed in your heart is by the Word of God. The Word is water. It waters the seed. First thing you know, a blade comes up, right? Then what comes up next? He's teaching about faith how faith will grow it starts off small despise not the days of small things one person gave a thousand dollars in the offering somebody was preaching about sow and get and somebody gave them a ten dollar bill after the service and they were so depressed the reason they're depressed they don't understand the word of god if you just get $10 back from $1,000, you ought to rejoice because that's your seed coming up. You're not going to see the full growth until the full stalk gets up and usually the stalk of corn has three years on it and 500, is that right, Brother James? 500 grains of corn. So you sowed one seed, you get 15 grains of corn. But it doesn't happen instantly sometimes. 
Sometimes you have to wait. You have to be patient. You have to believe. And you have to talk it. Come on now. You've got to meet the conditions or it doesn't happen. But when the condition is met, God says, I'll do it. That's what he teaches us to do. One of our basic needs is to what? To believe. How many times in the four gospel Jesus asked, do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe I can do this? Do you believe? That, that, that's one of the conditions you got to believe. And obedience and faith goes hand in hand. You have to be obedient. You have to walk in obedience. Faith and obedience are the pathway to your blessings. Faith and obedience. Abraham was the father of what? And God said, I will make you what? The father of faith. It was not instantaneously. He first had to leave the land where he worshipped idols. That's the first step he had to be. He has to be obedient. He didn't have no Bible. He didn't have Linda Whitley's thing in the gospel horn to read to see what was, what, how inspiration that was going to be. He didn't have that. This is what makes him so amazing about faith. He didn't have no guidance from nowhere, but he heard the voice of God. He never before, he was worshiping out of but when he heard the voice of God, and we'll come to this reading scripture in a minute, immediately he got up and what? Obeyed. He obeyed. He met the condition. You got to, glory to God. I'm going to slow down. Our life has got to change. The first thing it needs to change after you get the Holy Ghost is your mentality. People still get the Holy Ghost and still got this carnal mind. Romans says, 12, you've got to change your mind. He gets up immediately and does what? He's not the father of faith yet. He makes, if you read that, read his life, he makes a lot of mistakes before he becomes the father of faith. One, he goes down to Egypt when he had no business going down to Egypt. He didn't walk in faith then. But God was developing his faith. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah every time you're in a trial. The fiery trials are more precious than gold because the promise comes after the trial. It doesn't come in the trial. It comes after the trial, after faith has been matured. Some of you are going to say, well, I should have a lot of many trials I'm going through with. We will not get it if we murmur. But this man, he listened. The Bible said, he that have ear to do what? Listen. He listened when the voice of God. He never heard the voice of God before. He listened when he heard the God. He got up, Brother Canaan, he got up and went. He obeyed. Even though he makes all these mistakes, God is making him the father of faith. Our faith are made in the fiery furnaces a lot of time. That's where our faith is really grows strong, is in that fire, fiery furnace. It takes years for God to make Abraham the father of faith. He had to listen. The Bible said, incline your ear and do what? And hear. 
we got a lot of things going on in this world today that distract you from hearing. The devil's after your attention. He'll do anything to get your attention. Jesus said, give ear to me and listen. Give ear to me and listen. If you do what God says, God will do what you ask. People are not interested in how smart you are. They're not interested in how many Bible verses you can quote and how much you pray. They don't care about that. They care about how much you care. God cares about how much we care. Not how much Bible verses we read a day, but how much we care. If we listen to him, he'll do what? He's going to listen to us. I mean, you know, the one of the hardest things that we have to do is to do what? Listen. When we're carrying on a conversation, they tell us very few people have the ability to listen. We don't have that ability to listen. Because when we're carrying on a conversation, what's going on in your mind? Help me out now. It's not listening. It's what I'm going to say as soon as they give me a break. God says, if you will listen to me, that I am going to listen to you. The condition, the first condition, to receive the promise of the fullness of God, we must learn to listen to God. And when God says something, Renee, is that right? She heard a voice from God. That's why she come down here to, to get prayer. When you hear a voice from God, don't, don't disregard it. My, my. Entertain that and see what he's got to say. Give me your ear. Listen. If you do what God says, God will do what you ask. What you ask. Meeting condition. The saints in the Old Testament, if the word was a promise, they counted of God to do it. If they heard a word of promise, they counted God to do it. They counted on him to do it. Romans 4, 20 and 21. Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded that God would do what he said he would do, and he would perform what he said he would perform. If Abraham would have been on the boat with disciples and Jesus, when Jesus got on the boat and said, let's do what? What are we going to do? And the boat was overwhelmed with water and began to seek. Jesus was asleep. What did the disciples do? If Abraham had been on the boat, he never would have woke Jesus up. No, he wouldn't have woke Jesus up because he knew the promise. We're going to the other side. He did not stagger. 25 years goes by. He has not staggered through unbelief. He believed what God had said he was going to do. He was going to give him a son. 
He believed there was no sign, no evidence of it, but he believed that God was going to produce it. If he'd been on that boat, he would have believed that God said, we're going to the other side, and he believed he was going to the other side, and he wasn't going to go down. We believe the promises of God. Say we believe the promises of God. Believe the promises of God. Believe what God has said. Amen. Praise God. Trials are more precious than silver or gold. They help perfect our faith. They help us to receive the promises of God. We find in 2 Samuel 7, 25, when God made a promise, this is what they said. Do as you have said, God. I want you to do what you said you was going to do. I mean, you know that some people say you're not supposed to question God. I don't know about that. I, I really don't know. But I know this. When God said, I'm going to go down and talk to my friend Abraham, he's my friend. And the Bible calls Abraham the friend of God. He said, I'm going to go down and talk with him. Me and him, me and him are going to have a conversation. We're going to talk with one another. And I'm fixing to tell him what I'm about to do. That eliminates that God's not going to tell you. That eliminates that. He's going to tell you if you are his friend. He's going to tell you what he's about to do. So he goes down there and he sits down and he begins to talk to Abraham. He said, this is what I'm fixing to do. I am going down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't know where you're supposed to question God or not, but I do know the Bible said, come, let us sit down together and reason together they had a reasonable conversation going on abraham said will you destroy the righteous with the wicked god said no i will not destroy the righteous with the wicked i will not do that but and i'm going to destroy that city and abraham said now wait a minute what if there is 50 God said, if there's 50, you know the story very well. Some people say, well, I heard that over and over. I heard a guy tell me one time, well, I've heard that story of the giants over and over. He's the very one that needed to hear it again because he had never learned the lesson. Ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of truth, what God is really saying. And it went on down to how many? Ten. Five. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you. God, do what you said you was going to do. He did save the righteous. Huh? Yes, he did. The Bible said in Joel, Lot came out with his righteous soul vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. He was saved because Abraham had a conversation with God. How many believe you can sit down and talk with God? You can do that. Many years ago, there was a guy that came to church down there. He was an alcoholic. He told me before he came to church, he said, I've been in the four of the best alcoholic places in the United States, and I come out the same way I went in. But I was driving down the road one day, had my fifth in my seat, and I pushed it to the side and patted on the seat. I said, Jesus, I need you to come talk to me. Jesus, I don't believe it naturally, but came and sat down and talked with him. 
came to church, got baptized, and got the Holy Ghost, never drank another drink in his life. I'm here to say this morning that God will hear your prayers. God will answer your prayers when you meet the conditions. Conditions have to be met. And once you meet them, I guarantee you, he will do what he said he would do. The Old Testament saints, 2 Samuel seven twenty nine, said, For you, O Lord God, you have spoken, now do it. Listen to the way they talk, because they had the promises of God. Keep your promise. 1 Kings 8 and 25 said, keep what you have promised. How many of notes you can ask God to keep his promise? Every word that he's ever spoken has come to life, been fulfilled when the conditions are met. If the word was a commandment, they said, do it as the Lord has spoken. Genesis 12 and 4. As Abraham, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken. Some of the Jewish writers said the reason that Abraham was a father of faith, there's no one on this earth has ever been tried like Abraham has. No one. And no one has walked by faith the way he walked by faith. That's the reason God called him the father of faith. He waited all those years to get a son. And he grows up. And then God says, I want you to take what? Your son. Your only son. And I want you to sacrifice him to me. The Bible said he rose up early in the morning. What God has spoke, he obeyed. He rose up early in the morning and set out, not knowing where he was going. He went three days' journey, not knowing where he was going. And they say that's what made him the father of faith. He helped nothing back. God asked him to give him very best that he had, the one he loved the most. He did it. He met the condition. And when he met the condition, God gave the promise. If you ain't got anything to pray about, pray about me. I want to meet the conditions. I want to see you meet the conditions because God wants you to get his promises and all his promise that he has in this book when we meet the condition. And when Abraham was talking to God, the Bible said he humbled himself. He said, God... I know I'm just ashes and dust. I know that. And David says, who is man that God is mindful of? But Abraham was so thankful that God listened to him. Even though he was ashes and dust, he listened to him and did what he said he would do. He did what he said he would do. The Bible teaches us to be swift to what? To hear. Hear what the voice of God is saying. Nothing can make Christians stronger than the word coming from God. Job says, 33 and 4, The Spirit of God hath made me, and the breath of Almighty hath given me life. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus, said he'll tread the winepress alone, 
And normally many people traded a wine press, but Jesus traded alone. Then he says in the New Testament, he said, I and I alone have bought and paid for you. We ought to be glad that we belong to Jesus and what he does for us. You have to listen. You got to obey. Rahab told the two spies, and now listen, I've spared your life. He said, every man, every individual in this city's heart is faint and failed them because of your God, what they've heard, what he's done. No one having no strength to fight. How are you going to help me? I have saved your life. And they said, if you'll hang a red string out your window from the roof when we come, and if you'll get all your family in here, it's really been on my heart here lately. I've been trying to call every family that I know of to come in. God's interested in your family. I'm telling you, he's interested in your family more than you are. And he said, if you'll get all your family up on the rooftop. Back then, the, all those houses had a flat roof, and they was all built together, just stuck together like. If you get all your family in here, and when we come, when we come, you shall be preserved. Another thing makes her so amazing that she was a harlot, but she was able to get all of her family, 20-something people up on that rooftop. When that trumpet blew, after seven days and seven times, the wall didn't fall over. They went straight down in the ground. You read it. Went straight down in the ground. I want you to try to use your imagination right now. You're standing up on a housetop with your family, and every house around you is falling down into the ground. And they told her, said, if your family is not in the house, we're not going to be responsible. She heard. She met the condition. The condition was to get her family there. The next condition was to put the red string out. She met the condition, and God met her. He met her with the promise. Conditions got to be what? You got to meet, meet the condition what? First. You meet it first, and I guarantee you, God will bless you abundantly. Will bless you abundantly when you meet the condition. There's many more stories in the Bible where he required them to meet the condition. In closing, I'd like to read you something here about Solomon. These things are written for our examples. That's why it's so important to read the Word of God. I don't know how many times when Peggy worked at the bank, she'd come home stressed or de-stressed or pressed, or I don't know at all. She got a little loaf of bread thing about yay big and got all kinds of scriptures in there. How many times she'd pray and say, God, I need a word from you. She'd reach in there and pull out one of exactly what she needed.
You may not have one of them, but you do have the Word of God. When you're stressed, depressed, or run over, or whatever, and you, you're just down and out. This idea when you get to be a Christian full of the Holy Ghost, that a lot of things that people are preaching today is not true. It's not true. I don't care how close you walk to God, you're going to have some times in your life that it's going to be hard and difficult. You read Romans 7. When I first got in the church, they preached that Paul was backslid at that time or he was a sinner at that time. That's not true. He was going through what we go through with while we are Christians. If you are a Christian, you are going to go through some things, but you're not going through it alone. And God will give you a word in the time of need to meet your condition. And when He does, the promise will come. Like our Sunday school lesson this morning about Daniel. Excellent spirit. All the wonderful things he had. It did not exempt him from persecutions and trials and tests. He gets thrown in the lion's den. But God sends his angels. And shuts the mouth of the lion. Listen here about Solomon. What God says to Solomon Chapter 9 and verse 4, I believe it is. And the Lord speaking to Solomon. If thou will, if thou will, walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart. I mean, know that God looks on your heart. He don't look on your outside mistakes. Don't never judge a man by his, what he says sometimes. Judge him by his works. And the only way you know his works, you've got to know his spirit. Huh? People say things sometimes when they're aggravated, which they don't really mean. Like the lady said, the reason I did that, my tongue's in a sleepy place and it just slipped out. Don't condemn them and don't judge. Notice what Paul, God tells Solomon. You have to walk before me in integrity of heart like David did. David had a heart after God, even though he had a lot of mistakes. And in uprighteousness, to do according to all that I have commanded thee, and will keep my statue. And my judgment. How many want to hear verse 5? Then. When you meet these conditions, then. When you meet these conditions, you walk before me in integrity of heart, keep my commandments, and love me, then I will do what I said I would do to you. So let's go forth today, and I want us to pray before we go. Philip went down to the desert to baptize the Ethiopian. And the Ethiopian, after he heard the word of God from Isaiah, he said, what hindereth me? I want us to pray together this morning. God, what hinders me from receiving the promises of God? God, I, I want to know what little fox, little fox spoils the vine. It spoils us from receiving from God. God, God I want you to send the Holy Ghost and tell me what I need to do. There's something a lot more important than prayer, and prayer is important. Something a lot more joyful than that, and that's getting your prayers answered. The joy of the Lord.
when you get your prayers answered. Would you stand and let, let's just pray together and let, let's believe the miraculous things of God is going to happen. Why don't you just cry together? Let's just cry together. God, what hinders me? God, we ask you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, reveal to us, God, how to abide in your word and how we get our prayers answered, God. How we can see the joy that feels when prayers are answered, Lord. When you brought the captive and set them free, God. When you delivered the sick and you delivered those that suffering and pain, Lord. Help us, Lord, reveal to us, God. As David said, reveal to me, see what is in me, God. Reveal, decree unto me, God. Examine us, O God, of the wonderful things, God, and reveal them to us and give us the strength that we need to lay them aside and hold fast and meet your conditions. And then we will see the miraculous power of God working in our lives. We give you praise right now and thank you that our prayers have heard. We hold you to your promises, what you have said that you will do when we meet those conditions. We give you praise in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen that you've heard and you're going to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.